one of the beautiful things uh, being at a parish this size is you know, just being at a parish this size. A lot of people to love, a lot of people to love you. Wonderful family of God. One of the downsides is, though, when Father's uh, two fingers are bandaged up, I have a million people asking me, are you okay? And I'm okay. I pulled a ligament beating Father Claydar in tennis a couple weeks ago. So if you see him, bring that up. All right. okay. But it's a beautiful day. These last few weeks, we've been going through John 6, the discourse on the Most Holy Eucharist, the Bread of Life. And then smack dab in the middle of it, we have this solemnity of the Assumption of our Blessed Virgin Mary, which is perhaps jolting, you know, considering we're just going steadily through talking about the Eucharist, and then boom, Mary. But I think that's perfect. I think that's how the Lord and the Church desires it. We've already heard this other passage a few times this year. It's from Matthew chapter 16. Perhaps it'll ring some bells. It's when Jesus takes his apostles. They go up north, past Galilee almost, to a very pagan territory. In fact, where some of the most major pagan temples were, and you could still see the ruins of them today. And he takes them there, and that's where he asks, who do people say that I am? And they respond, John the Baptist, Elijah, some are saying Jeremiah. And Jesus is like, okay. But then like, who do you say that I am? And that's when we get that profession of Peter. You are the son of God, the Messiah, who has come into the world. And that's when Jesus then gives him the keys to the kingdom and says, you are Peter, upon this rock I will build my church. It's a pretty unbelievable moment that by just that little pressing, that question of who do you say that I am, he professes that Jesus is God. And that has some massive consequences. I think today especially, we could do the same for Mary. I could ask you right now, who do people say that Mary is? Catholics and non-Catholics alike. How would you respond to that? Mother of Jesus, historical figure, super virtuous woman without sin, immaculate virgin, a faithful Jew. But then what if I pressed you just like Jesus? Yeah, okay, okay, but who do you say that Mary is? How would you respond then? Because it's kind of like a PSA to our lovely Protestant brothers and sisters. You could wiggle and scoot around and theorize and, you know, dodge for as long as you want. But at some point, if you affirm that Jesus is God, completely God, then you have to also affirm that Mary is the mother of God. And that is a huge deal. Just pray this week for a moment that the God of the universe created everything was connected to a woman via umbilical cord for nine months. That's a pretty mind-blowing thing to think about, that mystery. That Mary is that true and better Ark of the Covenant. That Ark which held the Ten Commandments, the very presence of God in the Old Testament. Now it's literally within her womb. That she is the, in Greek they say, Theotokos. She is the God-bearer. She is the mother of God. Something declared in our church in the year 431, the Council of Ephesus. And we believe and celebrate today that she is in heaven, body and soul assumed there. So now with that kind of aside, asking ourselves who is married to us, 
we could press ourselves yet into another question. If she's the mother of God and she's in heaven, what does that mean? What does that mean for me? We could jump from Matthew to the Gospel of John, chapter 19, towards the end of the passion of Jesus. And standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, Mary of Magdala. When Jesus saw his mother and his disciple there, whom he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. That Jesus clearly gave his mother to us as our mother. And he gave us, his father's children, to her. That's the consequence. The mother of God, who's in heaven, is our mother. Man, does she love and care for us more than we could ever imagine, right? Take take the best qualities of what we believe mother is that we've hopefully experienced in our own life. That like any good mother, she protects us. Visible ways, more importantly even, and invisible ways. Those things we don't see. How afraid evil demons are of her. They just flee and tremble at the sight or hearing of her name. So pure, so virtuous, so obedient to the will of God. If we go to her, we know she leads us right to her son. Do whatever he tells you. And she intercedes for us in heaven. She provides for us there. I mean, look, for example, just at this crucifix, right? If that was all we had to go off of, this holy death, and we're called to imitate this, that would be pretty intimidating, right? I have to do that. But after he ascended, Mary stayed. She stayed with us. And she showed us that death is not to be feared, but it's rather meant to bring us to Jesus, that it's redemptive and not the end, that he has conquered it. Think of like trying to feed food, canned food, to a little baby, right? So the mother is trying to feed the baby, and the baby knows it's gross, right? So what does the mother do? She's like, mmm, it tastes so good, right? Mary is effectively doing for us in her assumption, her dormition, here comes the airplane bit, right? She's leading the way for us. But like any child to their mother, whether in infancy, as a toddler, as a high schooler, or now as an adult, if you don't call your mom, that's probably not the best relationship, right? So brothers and sisters, this week, encourage yourself to call out to your mother in heaven who loves you so, so much and believe that she will lead you to her son.